Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing Podcast. This audio was originally recorded as a video, which you can watch on YouTube at Divine Truth Sharing. God bless. Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing. I'm delighted you're here. In today's video, I'm going to address a topic of great common interest spirits, guides, and angels. What are they? How do they work with us? What's the difference between them? And how can we work with them? Want to just say up front, a topic I'm not going to cover is totems. I know a lot of people believe in totems, such as animal totems that might be with you. And um, we do get signs through animals but the Paget messages do not talk about totems at all, and so I will not be covering them. So let's get started. First, what is the difference between a spirit, a guide, and an angel? Well, that's a great question, and there's a lot of overlap. First of all, every human soul who crosses into the world of spirit becomes a spirit. And any spirit can potentially guide a human mortal while they are still on earth. And they can guide them for good or for ill. So there's no judgment about whether a spirit has a high soul condition or a darkened soul condition. It's just a spirit is a former human. And so it's of vital importance to understand this topic because we're all being guided for good or for ill, whether we know it or not. So let's become aware of it so we can work with it because that's how it's intended to be when we're in harmony with God. Each soul has at least one guardian at all times. This is a gift from God. And you may have a guardian that has been with you from birth, and you may get assigned additional guardians. And these can be guides. We're going to go into this in greater detail, but I'm just giving you a very quick upfront overview first. Now, an angel, different from what is taught in the Bible, that which we think of as angels and those who work with us in the way that we believe angels work with us are actually divine love spirits who have experienced the true rebirth, the true atonement, the true redemption, and have been born again. And remember, our brother Jesus was the finest human example of what a soul looks like who has been born again and entered the kingdom of God. And they are what we call angels. Now, the angels that appeared in the Bible prior to Jesus's being born again and coming to earth as the Messiah, we understand from the messages were well-developed in their spiritual soul development and therefore were able to provide God-given guidance. 
There is also some limited indication in the messages that there might be a separate creature, an angel who was never mortal, who was not a spirit, but we actually don't have a lot of information on that. At the same time, we are told that, again, as I mentioned just a moment ago, what we think of as angels, those are divine love spirits. Those are redeemed celestial entities that we call angels. So that's, that's how we're referring to them here. And any spirit can positively influence any other spirit who is of a lesser soul condition than themselves. So even a somewhat dark spirit who has achieved just the tiniest bit of advancement after crossing over into the other side, or perhaps they came in at a slightly higher level, can help and influence the darker spirits beneath them. And that is a part of their soul development work, their spiritual development work, whether they're on the divine love path or the natural love path. So we as mortals can be influenced by really any and all of them. And that is determined based on our soul condition, our aspirations, and that is based on our thoughts, words, and deeds, on our own free will, on the um, law of attraction. What are we bringing into our sphere of influence based on how we're feeling, what we're thinking, and what we're doing? So it's very, very important that we become intimately familiar with our thoughts, feelings, and paying attention to our deeds, and especially um, aware. So there are three different states that we can be in during this phase of mortal existence where we're influenced. So we can be open to influence, but not be aware of it, we can actively seek it. And in either the case, whether on the soul level we're open to it or we're actively seeking it, we can have varying levels or varying degrees of awareness or lack of awareness at any given moment that we are being influenced. Now, most humans are not paying any attention whatsoever to the thought of an afterlife. They're focused in the here and now. Most people are somewhat stumbling through their lives asleep. So it's sort of a sleepwalking state where we're, we're basically just bumping into whatever comes into our realm on any given day or we may be very actively driven, but totally in the mind and consumed with the material concerns of earth life. Whether it's the concerns about uh, protection and safety and sustenance, or whether it's the concerns for material consumerism, either one, most people are really just focused on the earth experience and they're not really giving a thought to what happens when we die. And that's unfortunate because we understand from the pageant messages that this is just sort of a proving ground um, 
real life doesn't even begin till we cross into the world of spirit. And what we're doing here is we're preparing for that. So spirits, guides, and angels can really, really help with our preparation for the afterlife, or they can hinder. So we want to know how to make sure that we work with them so we can get that help. When God set up the construct of planet Earth as our playground or proving ground, however you want to look at it, it was his intention all along that we have help. So while most of us may feel somewhat abandoned here, we don't know how we got here, where we came from, where we're going, can't see, hear, smell, touch, or taste anything on the other side, we might feel somewhat abandoned by whomever created us, that wasn't God's intention. God's intention was that we would have a connection with what I like to call the loving unseen, um, the collective, right, on the other side, and that we wouldn't be alone. The primary connection that God really, really longs for us to have is with himself as our creator, as our loving parent through prayer. But he's put into place many, many opportunities different, of different kinds for us to uh, get the help that we need. And it's all based, just like everything, on our free will choices. Because again, and I know I keep repeating this, but it's worth repeating, he doesn't want puppets or robots. He wants children. So we must be able to choose. So he's put into place laws of communication, laws of rapport, and laws of, of attraction that all dictate what kind of influence and guidance we receive from spirits, guides, and angels on the other side. And it's all based on the choices we make. If we have the highest intention in our souls and we're praying for God's divine love, we will receive it. It's a promise. As long as we have faith and are faithful in our prayers, the Holy Spirit will come and give us portion by portion the essence of God's very own nature in divine love. And, and when that happens, it begins to bring us into rapport with the celestials, the angels. And of course, ideally, we would all love to be guided by celestial angels. But wherever we are in our soul development, we will be attracting, whether it's angels or other spirits in the spirit realm, we'll be attracting spirits at the same level and relative rapport or harmony that we are putting out into the universe. And while we might have spirits available to us and angels available to us, and they can do many, many things to help us, it's all going to be based on what we are in tuned with receiving. So it's just like tuning on a radio dial, where if you're in, you know, the 89.9 or the 90s, you're going to be getting maybe classical music or news, or you're in the 100s, you're going to be getting rock and roll, same concept. If you're 
vibrating at the level of jealousy or fear or anger or anxiety or frustration, you're going to be attracting that to yourself in the form of lower spirits who will be influencing you. And I want to talk first about being open to guidance, whether we're aware of it or not. I feel the most dangerous state for a human to be in is the state of being open to guidance but unaware, especially when under the influence of either mind-altering or mood-altering substances. So when we ingest or otherwise somehow take into our system, our bodies, a substance that we know is going to alter our mood or our mind state, we are willingly giving away our power of choice in free will to this external substance. We are surrendering our God-given free will to an external substance. What happens then is our inhibitions get a little bit dulled or lowered and spirits will come in eagerly, lower spirits, even evil spirits, to influence us for ill. Now, I, I will make an exception for um, a special occasion, perhaps a toast at a wedding or uh, a feast of celebration with family and friends, and maybe you have one glass of wine or something like that, it's not really giving away your free will. You're still maintaining your cognitive ability. You're still maintaining an awareness of your relative soul condition. And especially if you're joyous, you're joyous and you're celebrating with friends or family, you're pretty safe in that case. Um, but you want to be really, really careful about an artificial high because it's not real and it leaves you very, very vulnerable to lies from dark entities or evil spirits, if you want to call them, on the other side. And while they're not intended by God to be your guide, they're guiding you whether you like it or not and whether you're aware of it or not. You're open to it at that point. Another way that we're open but not really aware to guidance is when we allow ourselves to spiral down into dark moods, frustration, sadness. But what we do want to do is we want to shift from being open to guidance, to inviting that guidance, to consciously use our free will to invite that guidance into our experience. And the way that we do that, as I've mentioned in pretty much every video, is to pray. And we want to pray directly to God. And again, while we know that we have either spirits and or angels available to us, we don't want to pray to the spirits or to the angels. We want to pray to God, and then God will dispatch his spirits or angels as he sees fit. This is a little bit different from contacting your loved ones. I do encourage everyone to feel very comfortable contacting your loved ones who have crossed into spirit as long as 
you first prepare your soul carefully in prayer. We always, always, always want to begin and end and do in the middle everything we do as much as humanly possible with prayer. Directly to our Creator, directly to our loving, ineffable parent who is always ready to help us and take us to his arms of love. We are not meant to stumble asleep through this challenging and dark condition of, of the earth experience. So if you want to contact your loved ones who are dearly departed, I strongly encourage you to do that. Just anchor yourself first in prayer and ask for protection. And then whatever needs you may have, and even whatever wants you may have, Bring them to God in prayer, and he will dispatch spirits or angels as appropriate to assist. And I can assure you that we get amazing, amazing guidance. Some of it just so small, you would think it's insignificant, but it tells us just how much God loves us. Not too long ago... I was dressed in, in my work suit and uh, ready to go to a professional meeting and I had on my nicest shoes, which happened to be a light colored suede. And as I was getting out of my car and stepping onto the pavement of the parking lot, I heard crystal clear, watch out for the puddle. And I looked down and I saw just in time to cleanly avoid stepping directly into a puddle. <laughs> And, you know, so somebody, whether spirit or angel, saved me just from even splashing into my shoes, my nice shoes, right before an important meeting. So we can get something small like that. Um, and in a few minutes, I'll tell you another story that's dramatic and amazing, a story of healing. And there are many of those because one of the best opportunities that we have through guidance from angels and spirits is the opportunity for healing and God wants this for us. So the first thing to do is seek the guidance fully aware and ready to receive through prayer. Use our free will to put ourselves into a condition of rapport. Now when I say put ourselves, what I'm saying is we say I'm using my free will to seek you, O oh God, and then God opens our souls for the inflowing of his love. We say, God, please allow me to receive your love. And we have the prayer perfect from the pageant messages that Jesus says is the only prayer we need offered to the Father. Now, I pray that and many other prayers as well, my own extemporaneous prayers, but I will uh, put a link in the video to where you can find that prayer and read it for yourself and start praying that prayer. And we want to do our best to put ourselves in harmony with God's will, not our will. As I talk in my uh, series on prayer, which I'll also put a link to, um, we don't want to try to use God as a wish list or a Santa Claus to give us what we want. What we want to do is we want to say, God, help us develop in our soul condition that your will is my will. My will is surrendered to your will. I want what you want. 
And this is completely safe, let me assure you, because God loves us more than we can possibly love ourselves, and his will is always going to be for our best and highest good, and with his positional intelligence, he's going to know much better than we do how to make that come about. So that's what we want. Now, certain desires are not permitted or inclined to be answered. Um, and we just have to be aware of that. So when we pray, especially when we're new and we're just developing our souls, we may not really know precisely how to ask for what we need in the best possible way. And so we may bring a lot of material concerns to God that really aren't necessarily in our best and highest good. And if that's the case, God still receives our prayer and he still does answer it. He just answers it in the way that's best for us. And then our trust and our faith is developed over time. And you'll experience that, and it's just wonderful. So I mentioned at the beginning of the video that each of us have at least one guardian that we come in with, but we may receive special guides throughout our lives depending on our soul development and condition and needs at the time, depending on what we're going through. So God can assign multiple guides, either at the same time or in succession, but generally we will have special guides, at least one, that virtually never leaves us. Now, I, I won't say never leaves us is really not appropriate because they have their own busy lives on the other side, but let's just say they check in with us quite often. And as long as we keep ourselves aligned and in harmony with God's will through prayer, then we are protected and uh, comforted and guarded even in our sleep. Um, I say, for example, to God, I want company, you know, just send me somebody for company if I happen to be alone and I just want some company. Um, I'll just say, hey, can you send me somebody nice for company from the loving unseen? And you can, you can do that, or you can ask for specific help. Um, you'll never believe, but I, um, I got help with a dress once upon a time. Many years ago, I worked on a presidential campaign, and uh, we were getting very close to the election, and I had been working seven days a week for months on end. My house needed attention. But my then spouse and children were out for the day and I found myself unexpectedly with a free day. And I thought, well, I can clean this house and in three days it'll look just like it does now or I can do something fun. So I thought, I'm gonna do something fun. So I sat down and I designed an inaugural ball gown for myself. I wanted to wear a special gown to the inaugural ball, so I, I drew it out, and I, I was so happy. I had so much fun with it, and I colored it. I put glitter for sparkle, and I had just had so much fun. I was like, oh, I really want this dress, God, but uh, I can't sew, <laughs> and I can't snap my fingers or wriggle my nose and make it happen, and I already knew from previous attempts to get things made by a seamstress that there wasn't a local seamstress who was going to be making this gown for anything that I could possibly afford. So I thought, well, if I'm going to have this gown, I'm going to have to make it myself. But I didn't know how to sew. Now, mind you, I had um, been taught how to thread a sewing machine, how to put the foot down, uh, thread the bobbin, um, and, you know, run a piece of material 
through a machine. So I had those basics. Um, and I had also learned from my mother to use an iron to press seams and, and how to pin material. But I didn't know how to use a pattern. And of course, there wasn't going to be a pattern for my dress anyway. And I had no practice, really. I mean, I was in my uh, 40s at the time. And um, I hadn't sewn since, you know, I was maybe a young teenager. And even then, again, very little. So I didn't know how to do this. And it was a pretty elaborate gown. <laughs> and so what I did was I prayed my way through it. Now, this was before I found the messages and I didn't know about divine love, but I had a well-developed relationship with God through prayer. And I literally just every single step of the way, I prayed with everything in my soul. I said, God, I have absolutely no idea what to do, which was true. Please help. And I would just wait and bing. So an idea would pop in my head and I go, oh, okay, I can do that. It was just one step, one step. And I would do that step. Okay. Then I would come back. God, I have absolutely no idea what to do. And I would wait. And an idea would come into my head. Bing. Okay, I can do that. And I would do that. I literally... I'm not exaggerating. I didn't know the next step the entire way, ever, not once. I prayed my way through the entire dress. And the sleeves are very elaborate. And I'll actually put pictures in here so you can see. I was able to get the top part of the sleeves okay, but they required fitted lace that came to a point all the way down that was supposed to fit my arms perfectly and the lace wasn't stretch. There was no way I had the skill to do that. I did have a dress dummy that I made that I found out online how to make a dress dummy from my own figure. So I did have that and I probably couldn't have done this without the dress dummy. And I said, you know, trust the dummy. That was my, that was my, um, my mantra besides my prayer was trust the dummy. If it, if it drapes okay on the dummy, you can assume it's going to be okay on you. But the dummy didn't have arms, and I, and I needed to have these fitted arms. So I actually made prosthetic arms for this dummy. Uh, but that didn't help because I still couldn't, I, I just couldn't figure out how to make these, these sleeves. So finally I said, okay, I, I just put my head down on the machine and I prayed like crazy because I, I had to have this gown and I, I didn't have the skill. Uh, and by then, I put it all out on Facebook, so I was like publicly trying to make a gown in front of everybody. Step by step, I posted pictures, right? So, I, you know, it was somewhat on the line. Like, I didn't want to scrap the whole thing and not have the dress. Anyway, I said, okay. I finally, I just closed my eyes. I took a deep breath, and I just went, <gasps> and I did invite, I did invite somebody to just come in and do it. Now, I'm not sure I would do this today, knowing what I know. Um, but that day I didn't know what I know now and I just said please come in and help and I just closed my eyes and I went Whoosh, and I just I ran those sleeves through the machine and they're perfect so we get all kinds of help and then after this beautiful gown was done and ready to wear I'm like what shoes it's a very unique gown and there weren't gonna be any shoes you can't get shoes for this gown I was like yeah they exist like in my head they don't exist and I heard, check your closet. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't have these shoes in my closet. And I heard, 
check your closet. And I'm stubborn, so I said, I know what's in my closet. I know all my shoes. I don't have these shoes in my closet. Check your closet. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll check my closet. Not that it's going to do any good. So I sat down on the floor of my closet, and I went through everything I own, and I found way in the back of my closet, I kid you not, buried under, gosh, I don't know what, um, piles of shoes probably or boxes or something, a pair of dyeable canvas shoes I didn't know I had because I had bought them a year or two previously at a garage sale for like two bucks and had never worn them so didn't remember I had them they were plain canvas they were the perfect style for this extremely unique gown they were actually the vision I had in my head and I was able to dye them to match the gown exactly. Yeah. So we can get all kinds of help. And I know this is material, but what I'm trying to express in this is, of course, you're going to get the soul development help because you're going to ask for it and pray for it. But I'm also trying to help you see that God cares about your day-to-day -day life too. That's not intended to be our primary focus. But he wants us to be happy. I mean, God made flowers and trees and birds and a beautiful sky and earth and oceans and beach and all kinds of wonderful, delightful things for us to enjoy. So of course we can enjoy. And yes, we can pray for healing. And again, I've got another, you know, story to tell you about healing in just a few minutes. So we need to remember our guardians especially if they're divine love angels, are very powerful and they can truly help us with important things like healing. Healing is a wonderful way that they love to help us and I feel it's very important each day to take the time to really tune in to your physical state because your physical state is reflecting your emotional um, impact that you have experienced and it's collective. So you want to each day try to clear out any kind of emotional or anxious or depressive blockages that you may have incurred or fatigue and so forth. It's really, really, really important that we take care of our physical body because our physical body is the instrument by which we experience life on this planet. And so what we eat and what we drink and how we exercise and how we rest and rejuvenate are all extremely important. And we want to bring all of this into alignment and harmony to the greatest possible extent so that our instruments are free and clear to receive our guidance from spirits and angels. So I can make a video on that someday, and in fact, I intend to be teaching classes on, on how to do this, but it's basically bring yourself into a prayerful state and just ask God to send someone to help you bring your body into harmony and into alignment. Um, but there are laws that govern the healing that we can receive from the other side, just there, like there are laws for everything else. So we learn in the pageant messages, for example, that when Jesus was a mortal, he was able to heal anyone with whom he could come into physical contact. 
because there was a direct connection between him and the love of God that he had within himself and the person to receive the healing. Of course, as we know, their faith their trust, their belief in him was also required. So that was all they needed was the direct connection between Jesus and the person to be healed and their faith, their trust, their belief, and then the healing was done. And Jesus tells us that this is still true. But the problem is with him being on the other side now, he's lost that direct connection. So he is now... Um, subject to the very same laws that govern all the other spirits and angels, and that are the laws of, of attraction and rapport. So unless he can come into rapport with the person who's intending to receive the healing, he can't administer it. And the same is true for the spirits and the angels. So this is why it's really important and incumbent upon us to put ourselves in the receptive mode to the best of our ability and to have the faith. And this is why I share these stories with you. I, I know they're kind of silly and I, I get that. And they're, like I said, materialistic, but I want you to understand what's available. And these are the examples I have. So that's what you get. Now, there's also a difference between our ability, if we want to become healers, for example, because Jesus tells us that we can, if we get our soul's um, aligned with God's love and we receive enough of God's divine love in our souls, then we too can become healers just like Jesus was and like his early disciples were. We have that ability if we develop it uh, and through prayer with God, obviously, in our souls. There's a difference between that, which would give us the direct healing that Jesus had, where we can make a direct connection. And some people can do this remotely as well, uh, again, if the person is open. But there's a difference between that and spirit-lent power. So, for example, James Paget and um, Dr. Morgan, who worked with him, and Leslie Stone, who worked with him, um, they have these mediumship abilities where they could invite a spirit to come in, like I invited a spirit to please help me with my dress. Um, they can invite a spirit to come in and heal through them. But that is lending power where they're using the material energy of the medium to connect with the patient, but the power of the healing is coming through from an angel or a higher spirit. So that's a little bit different from direct. But Jesus tells us that God has promised us that if we can achieve rapport, then the healing is assured with faith. Faith and rapport equals healing. Now we can lose it too. So James Paget, for example, I think he got a little bit tired. It was pretty demanding to take these messages night after night. He reached a point in his uh, life, I guess, where he wasn't praying enough. And Jesus and the other celestials kept telling him again and again, you've got to pray more. You don't have the rapport that we need. We have more information we want to get through you. We have more messages we want to get through you. But we can't because we can't achieve rapport. And it's kind of interesting. They could tell him that. So they had enough rapport to tell him that. But he couldn't achieve a high enough soul condition to receive the higher celestial messages 
He just couldn't do it. So ultimately, we don't know what Jesus wanted to tell us that never did get through. But we're so grateful for what we got. And I genuinely believe that we got enough to get us to the other side and set us up on a a nice trajectory for the other side where we are all ramped up to go to the celestial kingdom of God. And that's what we want. So winding up here, I just want to state that a lot of what we receive is so subtle, it might be imperceptible. And that's where faith must come in. You may just have an inkling, but no real sign. When I say I heard this, I didn't actually hear it with my ears, right? I just came into my head a thought. You might get that and you'll need practice to determine and discern, is that my thought or is that a thought from my guide? And again, it takes practice over time and it's prayer, 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 prayer. That is the answer to everything. So I'm gonna put a link At the end of this video, there's a a screen after the message quotes that I include at the end, which I strongly encourage you to read not only those messages, but then go online and search for the original messages and read the whole thing in context. But right after that screen, I have a, a screenshot of our church's website where you can go and buy books, get a lot of other information. There's a little tiny eye, I think it appears up in the corner, up in the top right corner of the video. And if you click on that I, it will link you to my playlist for All About Prayer, which is a total of seven videos. First, I've got, I think it's three videos on how to pray and then four videos on how prayers are answered, but it might be the other way around. But anyway, it's how to pray comes first and then how prayers are answered. But if you click on that link, it'll bring you to my playlist and it'll bring the videos up in order in succession one right after the other. So if you leave your browser open, um, you can just play the videos one after the other, and obviously you don't have to play them in one sitting. I rarely watch anything in one sitting. You can hit the space bar, leave your browser window open, come back to it later. And again, if you forget, just go to Divine Truth Sharing, click on either my videos link or my playlists link, and you can find the videos there too. So, But I do encourage you to watch how to pray and how prayers are answered because there's lots more information about that. And the more information we have, the easier it is for the angels to work with us and to send us signs and so forth. So I promised earlier I would tell you about a healing. It's, it's quite magnificent. Um, I had a, a kidney stone, which I'd never had before. And actually, I'm sure I created it by myself with a supplement I was taking that my body didn't need. Um, I got that message and so I stopped, but I, then I had the kidney stone and what are you going to do with that? Um, anyway, I was praying about that, and but at the same time, I was having the experience that I mentioned in the video I recently recorded called Judgment Day, where I actually was undergoing extreme expiation where I was really suffering to the point where I actually had a, a sores break out. Um, and... I asked for healing for the kidney stone, and my kidney stone was taken care of, but not in that prayer. When I asked for the healing, I got healing for the expiation instead. So again, we ask for what we think we need, we get what we actually need. So that was a remarkable experience, and here's what happened. I was asleep, and I was having a normal dream, and all of a sudden, this dream will be interrupted by a 
Amoration man in your face. So I'm literally having a dream and all of a sudden right in my face is a beautiful young Asian man um, and he's dressed in surgical garb and he's right in my face. So I knew he was a surgeon because he was wearing a green, you know, surgical garb. And who knows who it was? It could have been a young Confucius. They can take any form or it could have been a spirit. It could have been a divine love angel. I don't know who it was, but he took the form of a young Asian or Amerasian man in green surgical garb and he was right in my face and I knew immediately I woke up, but I, I kept my eyes closed, but he interrupted my dream, so I knew immediately, oh, okay, I had prayed fervently before going to sleep to be healed, and he was showing up, so I said, okay, you're here, thank you for coming, I didn't say it with my mouth, but I thought it, and I, I could see him, you know, in my mind's eye, again, I'm wide awake at this point, but my eyes are closed, amazing, I physically felt, this is the first, I physically felt him hold my skull in his hand. He moved around behind me. He went from being in front of me to moved around behind me. They laid me on my side. They held me. They anesthetized me. I say they because he had an assistant. I, I could sense. I never did see who the assistant was, but I could have sensed he had an assistant. Um, and they anesthetized me so that I was awake and fully aware, but not frightened. Um, not frightened and also not moving. And then um, he took his hand and he, so with one hand he was holding my skull and with the other hand he took his hand and he, he just moved it back and forth like this around my head. But as he was doing it, I heard a sound. Like that. And I could feel feel energy coming from his fingers, you know, his, and his hand. And he did that several times. And then when he was done, and I want you to do this, if you have hair on your head, I want you to do this. If you don't have hair on your head, don't bother because it won't work. But take your two fingers, put them right smack on the top of your head, close your eyes, and just rub your fingers back and forth really quickly like this. That's it. Now, what you felt and what you heard, I physically felt and heard. I physically felt my scalp, my hair, and I heard it being moved. He just went right here on the top of my head like that. And then he came around to my ear like this. My eyes are closed the whole time because I'm, I'm actually scared to death, right? <laughs> I mean, because this doesn't happen. Um, but he came around to me on this ear and I heard, and I actually did hear with my ears, because this time I'm literally feeling it and hearing it with my earthly body as opposed to like on the inside perception. I'm literally hearing him. He comes around to this ear and he says, say thank you. And of course I did on the inside. And then they were gone. And I jumped up out of bed like crazy, flipped on the light, picked up the phone. It's one o'clock in the morning, but I'm like this doesn't happen, so it must be witnessed and recorded. One o'clock in the morning, I called a friend of mine who I know is a night owl, and I said, you've got to hear what just happened to me because I'm scared to death that if I go to sleep when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to think the whole thing was a dream. And it wasn't. I was wide awake. So I told my friend, and I made sure, and I wrote some notes. I wrote some notes, 
And only then did I allow myself to go back to sleep because, I, again, I was terrified that I was going to wake up in the morning and think I'd imagined the whole thing. But anyway, the next day, I was so filled with the Spirit. I was like, oh, my gosh, wow. And I typed the whole thing up, so I have the whole testimony. And then, of course, I was researching online what part of the brain was he working on? What did he do? What did he do? Because I wasn't expecting him to work on my brain. I was expecting him to work on my kidney stone. So I looked, and I figured out what he did. And he, they lightened those memories I had. They just lightened them because they were killing me. So I had such extreme grief. I couldn't, um, I couldn't let go of it, and God didn't want me to suffer anymore. So I, was, I received permission to have my memories lightened. I still have them, but they don't hurt. So they got taken away. So anyway, God loves us like crazy. And uh, I'm not making any of this stuff up. And I journal. And every entry that I write is dated and time-stamped to the minute and day of the week. And I've been doing this since 2004. So my journey, which is very progressive, has been chronicled and is therefore substantiated. And I imagine if somebody had some kind of forensic, I don't know, method, they could look and check the ink and everything and, and tell that, yeah, these, we, these were created years apart and so on and so forth. So I am not making this stuff up, people. And, and, and this is what I want for all of you. And this is what God wants for all of you. A magical, wondrous, love-filled God-filled life, and it is absolutely yours for the asking. So get started with how to pray and how prayers are answered. Watch this video all the way to the end. Click on that tiny little I and get started. So with that, I'll see you next time. And remember, you are deeply, truly loved. God bless.